Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Hi guys, how are you going? Good morning. Thank you very much, well, this week, um, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff this week. So let, let's start with the wine. First of all, the wines, Keys wines. Um, we've, been, we've been privy to have received this pack from Keys Wines. And it was a bit of a surprise, guys. Um, so we talked about it. So the way that we've done it is, I think, as we picked who's got a cap salve, that person will have the same as me. So that's Meg. Okay. And so the two of you have got the Merlot, right? We got the Merlot. So let's, let, let's show it. Let's show it. Let's show it. So this is what we all received. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Monkey nut tree and the Shavmil. Shavmil, the original name. Okay. So let's, uh, before we start, let's see what I can get Jess. So Jess Keys. He's obviously the wine maker from Keys Wine, yeah? And a part of the family. Ah, beautiful. Celebrity mm. guests. We're going up in the world. We yeah, are, we are. I know, I know. I know we're very, lo- very lucky. Well. All right, she's here, she's here, she's here. Be, be nice to her. Better Hi, Jess, you, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? Excellent. Uh, Cam, uh, Meg, Cam and Chris and I, we're here. And we thought we just wanted to talk to you about your wine Hello. and family wine. Thank you. So what, what can you tell us about the wines? Because we, we're actually having the Merlot and the Cap Sauv Chaff Mill. Yeah. So do you want to, I think we should probably start with the Merlot. Does that suit you guys? All right. We've got two people with the Merlot. All right. Let's start. Let's start. What have you got? What have you got? Uh, Chris and Cam? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. Monkey Nut Tree lad. Barossa Valley Merlot from Ooh, 2017. Yeah. That's the one. So the Monkey Nut Tree. Yeah. So um, a lot of people ask about that name. It's a very interesting name for the wine. Um, So my grandfather, Ken, so I'm sixth generation of the Keys family and my family, we landed in the Barossa in 1857. So um, my grandpa, he used to fly light aircraft. And so the monkey nut tree is a is a sort of lone pine on the top of the Lindock Ranges. And he used to fly his aeroplane over the top of that to get to and from work. So that's sort of the origin of the name. A lot of people come and say, um, you know, why, what, what's this about monkey nuts? But um, it's more about, you know, the history of the family. Um, so, yeah, so this is a, these are uh, 60-year-old vines um, and everything that we produce is single vineyard and estate grown. So, um, yeah, we might, do you mind if I have taste along? Yes. It's after yeah. the, the sun's out, we might as well have some wines. Oh, wow, that's Absolutely. nice. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Yeah. So it, what we could do is you can tell me what you taste and then I can tell you what I taste if that Yeah, geez, but we, listen, we, besides the title, we, we got no knowledge about wine. <laughs> you're asking the wrong kids. You're, you're the uh, Jedi. You're here to teach us. Actually, Chris knows way more than Cam. I taste wine. But I know nothing. The only thing that really matters is if you like it or not, right? That is yes. bloody good. It's very nice. 
I taste freedom. I taste <laughs> five people allowed in a park at once. I taste. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. I mean, that's what we say. The very best wine we have is the one that you like the most, right? At yeah, the end of the right. day. <laughs> so what should, um, what yeah, should so we I'll, be I'll, tasting? Yeah. So I'll tell you a little bit about it. So we, um, we actually specialise in Merlot and usually Merlots, um, they're very light and fruity and easy to drink. And we have, we do have Merlots like that. It's pretty um, heavy, this one. one. Huh? It's a little bit different, right? So you, can mm. you taste that it's a little bit yeah. more bold, a bit yeah, more tannin? Yeah. It tastes, it, it has sort of the flavour profile of what you would think for a Barossa Valley Shiraz or Cabernet. More of a Shiraz. Yeah. Full-bodied? Yeah. Like me. Do you, do you guys agree? Yeah, 100%. I thought, I much have, I thought it would have been yeah. a, maybe a cab Merlot with the, 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 the body of it. But, uh, yeah, it's a straight Merlot, yeah? Yeah, straight Merlot. Beautiful. Yeah. And we, yeah, so it's it's quite a big wine, right? I mean, a lot of people taste it and think, you know, that how is that a Merlot? Um, yeah. And so we do, we have two Merlots. We have one that's really light, fruity, easy to drink, and then we have this one. And this is the one that we enter into the shows, and this one got um, best in show at the Small Australian Winemaker Show. So these are old, old Merlot vines, some of the oldest Merlot vines in the Barossa Valley. Um, would, so, you say, yeah. would you say the 2017 is, is now the, uh, the year to drink it? Um, we with ours, we say up to ten years cellaring oh, wow. um, because they do spend a fair bit of time in oak. So this one um, spent sixteen months in a third new friend oak. So um, it is a wine that you can put down, and a lot of merlots aren't. But this is made. Um, this is made to put down. And the way we make it, we make it so that when the wine judges are tasting through the merlots, they go, "What is that?" Because it's just mm -hmm. made so differently Ooh. to a lot of other merlots. So what is it? What is it that makes it more full-bodied or, or heavier and gives it the extra tannin? Yeah. So we have um, some of, as I was saying before. So we've got some of the oldest Merlot vines in the Barossa. They're the ugliest vines you've ever seen. Um, they don't, but they produce uh, this really flavour-packed fruit. Um, so what that means is that when the it, it, that all shows through in the end product of the wine. And so what we're seeing is more tannin. Uh, we're seeing sort of a rounder finish, a longer finish, a bit more structure to the wine. So, um, you know, sometimes with a Merlot, it's kind of light, fruity. You can pop it in the fridge, those sorts of things. This one is yeah. more of an old world sort of wine. Um, and, yeah, that's what makes it different. Everything everything about our wines, it comes, it all starts in the vineyard. So, um you know, everything, the, when you look at the fruit, so, for instance, I could show you the uh, when, during vintage, I, I get a real wine geek on, so if you guys want me to, like, wind up, let me know. No, um, go for it. <laughs> go for it. So with the, with the Merlot, so we have one um, really young vineyard that makes the light, fruity Merlot. Then we have a really old Merlot vineyard, and, and that makes this Merlot. And when you, during vintage time, if I show you the bunches, the bunches from the young Merlot, it's a sort of a larger bunch, bigger berries. Um, and so that makes a juicier, sort of fruitier, fruit-forward wine. And this one, because the berries are smaller and there's smaller bunches, the flavour is so much more concentrated, compact, um, higher tannin from the skin and better, yeah. better colour in the end. So, yeah. 
So the older the the older the vine, the smaller the berries. That's what you're telling me. Um, yeah, pretty much. And it's just that the vine will produce less fruit as it ages. Um, so it may not be that the berries will be smaller, but it means that the actual vine doesn't have to. It, it is in this case, but it's not always. But in this, it, what it means is that the vine produces less fruit. So the fruit that it does produce, it can pack a heap more flavour into. So it's not sort of stressed out producing, you know, heaps and heaps of fruit. So all of the fruit, all the sweeter the tune. Process. Ooh. Okay. All right. So Beautiful. let's let's have a look at the the other wine then. The Cab Sav. Yeah. Cab Sav. So do you guys like Cab Sav? Is it is it something you guys drink? Yes, absolutely. Cab Sav is. Uh, we 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 normally uh, do this in um, in a room, and we have our cheese and our pate and prosciutto oh. and all these things together normally. You know. So and that happens Beautiful. every week, but since lockdown, it's been on Zoom. Oh, yeah. So uh, Capsav is, has been one of our favorites. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it's we'll heavy. have a try of it if okay. you guys have a taste. Yep. Now, what, I've just tried it. I mean, look Jesus, at Meg, leave some for somebody else. <laughs> I got a bit excited when I bought that one. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out, Cam. Oh, <laughs> Mmm, <laughs> mm, it's nice. There's a Black Friday, just so you know. There, like um, the difference between the two. It's it's not uh, it, it's a it's a heavy, but it's not as heavy as some of those capsules. Yeah. To me, it's yep. it's got a little bit more uh, spices in that. You know, um, it, yep. it, it it makes it more actually even enjoyable. You don't have to have it with just with cheese. You can actually have it uh, with with a nice meat. Yeah, because it gives you all those spices. Oh, very, very interesting. Must be because your father's in real estate. <laughs> yes, yeah, he he, he was. Well, he had to do something different. So I thought I just I, I just you you talk about your wine and I tell you some uh, something about your dad. Mm, okay. So what well, about this, what about first? this wine? What about this wine here now? Because oh. it's also won some awards. Yes, yeah, this, so very interesting you say that. So you know how it's a little bit softer now. Yeah. Um, when we when we first bottled this wine, so it would have been sometime in 2019, the tannins were really, really big and bold. And it meets, we, we have a really busy cellar door in the um, southern end of the Barossa. So before COVID, we used to do sort of 14 bus groups a day. So yeah. we can't have wow. wines that aren't, you know, just for that type of sort of wine connoisseur market. We have to have um, nice, soft reds that appeal to a broader market, if you know what I mean. Mm. So when we bottled this, it was that aggressive tannin, really grippy. Um, but now it's had some time in the, in the bottle and it's we taste them regularly and just see how they're going. And this one here, we were like, yeah, it's ready. It's it's really light. It's um, It's got that kind of leathery sort of cigar box kind of characteristics Ooh, to it. Beautiful wine. And, I, seriously, yeah. beautiful wine for Caps Out. Uh, guys, yeah. I don't know about your Merlot, but I, uh, I would say that um, you missed out on the Caps Out. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny that you chose who got what, mate. That was good. <laughs> no, mate, I'm serious. I just think. Oh yeah. wow. 
That's right. So, so Michael Keys, I met, I met uh, your dad many, many years ago, probably uh, 1995, 96, when he was uh, part of a very large training organization. He was a very successful real estate agent, and then he went into public speaking. Yes, yes. I did not know that he actually even got into wine. Oh, that right. Yeah, so funny thing is, he actually has a wine named after him called The Suit, because um every so he worked pretty much 10 years straight if you were you in real estate yes oh you know what it's like man. yeah um <laughs> we are all in real estate by the way jess so oh, so okay. the four of us are all in real estate this is why we drink you guys are my absolute <laughs> heroes so so what what really is is good about your wine is that you know if we become famous in real estate and we do well we can actually aspire one of these days to having our own winery Yes, exactly, exactly. Make sure you yes. say hello to him. I was very, very famous. I was actually more famous than him. He'll, he'll know why. Okay, all right, I'll tell him. Yes, yeah. tell him I won the sales manager of the year in that organization, and I was actually, I was the first sales manager to have ever won that people uh, trophy, and also my name got scratched a few years after that. Wow. So tell him, he'll yeah. remember. Yeah, so you wouldn't have slept too much during that time either. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, guys, what, 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 Michael's got three children, right? And, and mm -hmm. you're the second? And the second, yes. Yes, right? So everyone in the family is in wine because they realise that, you know, that's where the money is, not in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> real estate is, um, I, I have the utmost admiration for people who work in real estate. I just think you, you guys are awesome. Like, it's just, it's such a, um, for me, just personally, I just think it's such an amazing uh, service to the community to help people move. Like, and I think it's, I know I've I've bought two, well, two been through two um, property purchases myself, and it's like, it's so scary. And if you get a good real estate agent, it just takes all that stress out of it. Do you know what I mean? I think that your father is the best, and... Um... Let's just give us a promo for the next I, 10 years. I think we're going to have to get, we're going to get the, get him on because some of his one-liners just out of this world. <laughs> yeah, he'd love it. He'd love it. He uh, loves to talk real Just, so, just yeah. tell him about Thomas. He'll remember. He, he might, I will. He, actually, I'll he might not want to talk to me now that he knows. Thank you so much for your time today, Jess. That's great. Thank you for having me on. I hope I didn't talk too much. No, not that. at all. No, we appreciate yeah. this and we, we appreciate your bottles. And we, we hope that um, many, many other people are going to try and enjoy this wine. Beautiful. We need to get a visit. We need to no, go to Barossa and visit. I'm glad you liked it. We're going to come down. We're going to come down. Thanks, Jess. Yes, please. Thank do. you, Jess. Thank you. Have bye, bye, bye. Wow, she's a beautiful person there. Mm. This, this is an amazing thing. And also, so he was in real estate, like probably. One of the best, I mean, tall. You know, the, if he's not two meters tall, I mean, he's not tall. And, but the, his ability to just have the crowd in his hands, in the palm of his hand when he's speaking, that was just amazing. And so when I saw this and I saw his wine, I'm thinking, mate, there's hope for us. We can actually own a winery, the four of us together. I saw one for sale. Ima imagine day. wine and wisdom wines. I saw one for sale the other day. I can't remember where it was now. 
We couldn't yeah, it afford was just, it. It was just a depot for 85 million now, mate. We, well, we, we couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> we can only have the door to the garage. <laughs> I was going to say, Chris can upgrade from his garage. Here we go. Next getting into the jokes. Can I just, seriously, can we just check on Megs? I know you OK Day was last week, but hold up your glass, Megs. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you OK? <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I have to say, this cap salve is it's quite different. It's not that heavy kind of hit, and like, like most cap salve, and it keeps you there. It's actually yeah. very uh, fruity. I should have just drunk it straight from the bottle, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Destroying it. The oh, let's, let's heavy, get man. into our books. Let's get into our book, uh, chapter yeah, six. Right. So, rule six for twelve rules for life. We... All right. Actually, a much nicer chapter this week. Short it was shorter. Short I, I don't know about how nice it was. It was shorter. What's the title of it? Set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. And I think it's a bloody good advice for all of us in these times. It's bloody good advice, but we could have done without the 15 pages of serial killers and mass murderers <laughs> and suicides before he got to... Before he got to the advice, it was the most... Shootings. Was a, oh, I'm sitting there going... I reckon he would be a nice guy, actually a great guy to have around us for dinner party. Like, wouldn't we even have to talk? We He's wouldn't get so a word in. No. He'd have so many stories. Just to make one point, it'd take him two hours. You know? I feel I mean, like... He'd leave depressed yeah. if his book's anything. He'd leave depressed after the bloody thing. As soon as yeah. get a word in. Leave the wine. I feel leave like there was... <laughs> I feel like there was about 40 minutes of psycho babble before he got to the point, and the whole point could be summed up with, if you think life sucks, maybe look in the mirror because it might be you. I didn't say that life sucks. He, he simply says life is, is no. very hard. Everyone is destined for pain and slated for destruction. <laughs> Otherwise. <laughs> no. I said, you missed the if. I said, if you think that life sucks, his point is look in the mirror because it might be you that sucks. And that's the... <laughs> I think that was the gist of the whole chapter. A lot of people blame God or don't blame God or blame fate or don't blame fate. But what a lot of people don't do is blame themselves when things aren't going well for them. And we've harped on about that at nauseum through the Stoics and, and a lot of what we do. I just, he is a guy who will use 5,000 words where five will do. I give him that. <laughs> I, I, mate. And the Columbine shootings, he was quoting Telstoy. He was quoting the Columbine shooters, it was, I didn't know where I was after 10 pages. And then he got to the point, which was sort your own shit out before you worry about anybody else's. So. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. even, you know, I think that most of uh, this book can be read through the title and from the title, you, you may, you may think a little bit about it and start looking for clarification, but seriously, how, many people, really, how many people really do this? How many people really sit down, maybe even one hour a week, and really think for themselves, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing it? I mean, am I looking after my own house? Are my actions really that good? Uh, is, is what I'm doing towards others the right thing to do before I start blaming everybody else? And, and I, I think that we need to really uh, think, you know, he's, he's got, yeah, all right, a lot of that kind of uh, stories, but most people, would we learn from this book, I think, uh, especially this chapter? Because I, I've seen people, especially even over the last few weeks, 
I, I think that with COVID and whatever is happening, the the um, uh, lockdown, the restrictions, the the anger is coming out, and the the anger is coming out, and people are saying to themselves, "It's okay if my anger comes out," but they don't even see all the damages that they're doing, you know, to people. That's it. But that's he talks about the circumstances and people blaming other people for their circumstances. I don't think we can draw a parallel with the lockdown because that's that isn't our fault. That's how you respond to it is, mate. How you respond to that is is your fault. Yeah. So everyone, you know, everyone's getting frustrated. There's no question. Everyone's getting frustrated. How you deal with that frustration is, you know, you know, and how you, um, you know, express that frustration is under your control. And that's with anything in life. Just have a look. Just listen to Jess. Jess, right? Jess Keys. She, as soon as she found out we were in reset, what did she do? Complimented us. Absolutely. How 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 great of a job and how much she admired, you know, the kind of hard work and the time and the sacrifice that people like us. She never once even even said, well, you know, in my industry, well, we've stopped. Uh, having the, uh, the the cellar doors, we stop having so many of these things that we used to have. Awesome. That this, this is something that makes you think, hey? A day it from fourteen buses a day. When right? anything else you guys got out of uh, this chapter? That was a small one. <laughs> that was pretty much it. I, I liked it. There's a few parts in that I really liked. There was one part when a lady was speaking to someone about the issues she had, and she goes, "I just hope these issues." are my fault and not God's fault, because if they were God's fault, I can't do anything about it. And she, in, so she was really reflecting to say that, you know what, all these issues I can do something about. Mm. It's a different way of looking at it, but saying I'm hoping they are my fault, they are on me, because in that way I can do something. Yeah. And I'll listen. Sorry, go keep going. No, no, you go. I, I, just, I just thought that was a really good, sort of eye-opening statement how she said, I hope it's my fault. A lot of people don't look at things that way, saying, I hope I'm at to blame because then I can fix it. Yeah. It, I, don't know really this, I don't know if it was the same section, but there was a bit and it talked about um, distress and it talked about it didn't matter whether it was, you know, in your head, whether it was intellectual, whether it was emotional, whether it was physical stress, um, but it said that such distress um, always permitted a variety of interpretations. And it said, basically, it didn't matter um, what situation you were in, it was always possible to learn something good from a bad experience. And it was just interpretation. It's a, and it's going back to what you said before, Chris, it's everyone's in the same boat, but it's how you respond to that. Um, and it reminded me of something that I think I learned from Darren. And it was basically that every time you point a finger forward, you've got three fingers pointing back at yourself. So for every time that you say you did this or you did that or you did that, you've got three pointing back at you that you should look at yourself. And it summed up the title of the chapter, really, that you need to make sure you've got your own shit sorted before you start, you know, throwing stones at somebody else. Yeah, but how do, you, how, do you, how do you get your shit sorted? This is probably like what some of our people are asking. How do, how do I stop it? Well, you... It's work, man. It's work. There's a lot of work involved. It's not an overnight process. I mean, even even for us, I mean, it's something that's continual. And we had this conversation: is you know, what is a stoic? Is you know, um, and I think it's you know, we had that differing opinions. You know, people are working towards being a stoic. No one really ever achieves stoicism. 
I think it's the same thing. How do you work on yourself? I think it's a progression. I think it's a a constant um, effort. But using constant. words like work and using words like work and process only scares people away from doing it. Right. So where it do you mate, start? That, where that do you start? No, well, but you need people need a starting point. So he gives starting points at the end of the book. If something's not going right for you, have a look at what you could be doing to contribute it to it. Now that means that you've got to have an honest conversation with yourself, which is the hard part, people, because it's so much easier to blame somebody else. So I blame Thomas for everything. It's all his fault. And that makes my life quite easy. But if you start talking about it, oh, it's work and it's a process and you know it's hard, that's what that's why the majority don't. That's why the majority won't read a book because they're almost scared that it might teach them something about themselves that they don't like. So I think if we're really trying to help people, we need to make it as less scary as possible. As easy as possible. Fair enough. I think the first step is stop blaming other people. That's the first step. Just don't. And then if there's no one else to blame, who might be left? Yeah, I, I I like what he also said there. You know, have you cleaned up your life? If the answer is no, here's something to try. Start to stop doing what you know to be wrong. Right. So last week we were talking about like, you know, make sure that your kids don't do things that you wouldn't be proud of. Well, now maybe you should really stop doing the things that you know to be wrong. It's one thing to do the wrong thing. It's another thing to do something you know to be wrong. There's nothing like having kids to highlight that though is there you know like when they start copying some of the things that you do or say and you think oh gosh like you know that they've just copied or their body language comes back at you and you think oh that was me there's nothing like that to actually teach you that lesson and go well geez if they're just copying exactly what I've done we'll kind of go no we got we've all got the inner judge we've all got the inner the thing inside us that judges every single word that comes out of our mouth or every every single action we take it's just the majority of us won't listen to it so when he says and don't do the things that you know to be wrong as soon as you do something you know whether it was right or wrong whether you want to trick yourself you want to trick yourself into going oh i didn't know but somewhere deep down there's a knot tying inside you you might feel it under your second rib. You might feel it in your kneecap, but your body will tell you it does. It does. We all know. And we all go, Oh shit. I hope I get away with that because you know, you probably shouldn't have done it. So it isn't as hard as people think to know that we all know right from wrong. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. We all know if we say fuck in front of our five-year-old, there's a fair chance it's going to get repeated. Yeah. We all still do it. So I don't think it's waiting for the five-year-old to say it before we knew it was the wrong thing to do. We just go, shit, I hope they don't say it in public where I can be embarrassed by. (laughs) Oh, well, great chapter. Let's hope that that uh, next week's going to be easier to read. It looks like maybe it's going to get easier. (laughs) He's slowly running out of steam. Can I tell you, I started this. I started listening to the next chapter. The ch- next chapter is not easy, man. It's like Bible one hundred and one. Seriously, oh man. Thank you guys that it got very like religious. I felt like it was right in the middle of the book, and then when we started reading it again, I'm like, how come this happened so early? But yeah, felt like I was back in Dilarsel. The Dilarsel school, the Catholic school. I was like, oh no. He's a Dilarsel. Anyway, that'll be next. Yeah. That's next week. Yeah, you'll see. Next week, Chris. I have a I have a surprise for you about the last next week. Okay.
Um, let's talk soon um, about the next chapter. So what's happening this week? Ken, I know you're dying. So we, I, I, I'm giving you the microphone. Man. <laughs> you're giving it to me early. We're going early. I thought I was going to warm up into it. <laughs> I don't think I have to say much. Let's play it and then we'll see where we go from there. All right, all right, all right. Can you we play it? it? I'll share my screen. Yeah, yeah. Come on, zoom it. Where is he? Put your glasses back on, Wilson. Yeah, I can't see shit. Ready? Everyone listen. <laughs> I'll turn it up nice and loud. And then yeah, I'll make sure it's on the right website. Turn the microphone around. Don't speak, Chris. You're way too loud already. Here we go. I know I'm supposed to say that I respect people's choices and reasons for not getting vaccinated. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't respect it. You don't get to choose to burden our health system because you refuse to follow preventative health measures. You don't get to choose to be a spreader of a deadly virus in our community. And you absolutely do not get to choose to infect territorians who can't get vaccinated yet, like our young kids. <laughs> now, I do have a little bit of extra. Oh, yeah, no, stop it. Oh, uh, that, is, that is the right honourable chief officer of the Northern Territory, ladies and gentlemen, who doesn't respect anything you do. How good was that? Pretty straightforward. No, no grey berries there. I think that's him. I think since Donald Trump, everyone's trying to copy him. So that's him. That that's the Northern Territory announcing that no one who isn't vaccinated will be allowed into the state, along with a whole bunch of other um, changes they're making in there. It, basically, if you're unvaccinated in the Northern Territory, you are fucked. And if you are vaccinated in the Northern Territory, you can do whatever the hell you want. They're not even, even if you catch COVID now, they're not going to isolate you. They're not going to quarantine you. They're not going to do anything. So, but that's him. That's a. And that's because they don't have any ICU beds, mate. That's a politician who's supposed to, uh, <laughs> that's a politician representing the people saying out loud, I know I'm supposed to respect your right to choose, but I don't. That's the guy running the state. So. Yeah, but I, I listen. Let's let's have a look. Let's have a look. So this week, Chris is with me. Megan's with you. Let's pick one. Meg, which side you want to go for or against? Um, you want to defend his position, and you want to go against his position? No, I'm going to go with him. You're going to go with him. All right, then, Cam. You're going to you, the two of you are with him, and Chris and I we against. All right, let's go. You start. Well, I'm the boss here. You all voted me in. Tough shit. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, do you agree with that, uh, Meg? We just finished the book. Like <laughs> the, the chapter says, careful about what you say. Look after your house first. And the, the leader of your party has already done something wrong. You know what? He's only the first of many that this is going to, like, he's, there's going to be so many more people and people that are in positions of power that come out and say this. That this is the rule. Take it or leave it. And Meg, Megs wants me to take her to the top with me. So we're uh, she's my right hand wing, wing woman. We're going for the prime ministership, Megsy. Okay. <laughs> All right, Chris. Where we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? Well, you don't have a right to choose anything. No, no. Well, that's what I'm asking. Well, you're all right with people being obese. You're all right with people being alcoholics. You're all right with, all right with collecting taxes from cigarettes. Um, but you're not all right with people choosing whether they vax or not vax. Nah, and that's my right. Who are you to tell me? I'm so they're the one got a right, so they got a right as well to take it or not, right? I think yeah. it's a bit, 
they don't have to come into the state then if they don't want to do it. No. We didn't want any of you walking up. A lot, of, a lot of those people who want to travel freely in Australia didn't choose you to be the prime minister uh, for the, the whatever you are. Uh, we didn't want people walking up Ayers Rock anyway, mate. This is just another way of stopping it. So you've also well, got to think if you're traveling internationally, you've also got to fill in a declaration form about certain things that you have or haven't done anyway. This is just going to be another box that they've got to do. But take. that's a country that I'm going into. I'm already an Australian. You're telling me I'm as Australian. I can't travel in any part of Australia that I want to. I thought this was a free country. Now you're telling me just because I haven't had an injection, I can't travel in Australia. I want to go see it. Rock. I know I can't climb up it. I'm just thinking, don't tell it. anybody this. Just not the country. I think it's funny that I can say I don't respect your right to choose but all you idiots chose me that's what i don't respect (laughs) you idiots chose me and now i don't respect your right to choose sorry did i just jump fences then or (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) can the honorable member for the one nation party say something because he's been very quiet i'm I'm, I'm just i'm just waiting for you listen the, the the art of war is very simple let the two enemies fight each other, and then you just take on the uh, the that's one that survived. Okay. <laughs> no. And I, I, I think that one of the things that we need to really remember is about freedom. Uh, the French has got very simple, uh, and and liberty, you know, equality, fraternity are the three things, and freedom is very important. I think that when you have some of these people at the top making these kind of decisions when not all of the decisions, right? And they stuff up all the decisions. Have a look. Premier Dan has now, uh, is now easing when for months he's been playing like some real tough nut game. Now he's easing the restrictions, even though the, uh, the, the, the case are going up and up in records. So I think that is, we, for example, we know that COVID does not happen to uh, uh, survive the sun. But yet all of these dumb nuts have decided that you have to go in a hotel room where there's no sun and wait for two weeks for the maybe the virus to, to come out, right? But they, they make decisions like this that are stupid decisions. And now you have one guy making another decision. Plenty of sun in the Northern Territory, mate, and you're not seeing none of it. I think, I, I, why can't I disrespect your right to choose? Right? Why can't I go on the national media and say it, something it, like that? No, I, did, I, I didn't say you can't. I know that you can because Mark that's McGowan's the, that's my best problem. friend. Mark and McGowan. This is the problem now with a lot of politicians. They are copying Donald Trump's style of leadership. You're just jealous. And, and the leadership that they have is simple. I am in the position, I do whatever it takes. And I think that we're going to have to really sit down the, the nice things, and you're very lucky, the people in Australia, there's a huge, a huge middle class group. That's why you'll never have a revolution. You do that in a poor country, we'll come after you, we'll shoot you. Actually, we'll hang you. We wouldn't even waste a bullet on you. Are you threatening me? I think I, I, actually, people are, saying, people are saying that I should be nice, that I shouldn't be threatening you, Cam. But you know what? I don't give a shit. I do threaten you. I will kill you. I will come after you if you really want to defend that position. Listen, Mark McGowan, my best friend, he's the most popular premier in the country, and I just want to be like him. And when we're lying in bed at night and he's the big spoon and I'm the little spoon, (laughs) we whisper into each other's ears, 
one day we could run this country. One day we could run this country. And then the next night I'm the big spoon and he's a little spoon and everything's fair and equal. But all I know is you're... All right, all right. I think in this debate here, Megan and Cameron have won this week. Well done. But so what, what, what are we thinking now about then uh, Premier Dan easing the restrictions? Have a look. This is a guy who's been this kind of story and now he's, he's doing it some kind of a reverse, isn't it? I think we need to look, and I haven't, I haven't come up with an answer yet, but something's going on deep down. Something's changed hands. Something's going on behind closed doors because he's backflipped faster than um, Simone Bowles does at the Olympics floor routine. Um, <laughs> And he's broken ranks with all the other Labor premiers. So we, we, we try and we're salespeople, right? So we used to sell them people, I mean, honesty and truth in my case, but the rest of you used to sell them bullshit. Uh, what's the bullshit going on, do you reckon? Is there a revolution coming up for Victoria? No, there's not. They're going to call an election early, election? No, but that's no. And, but. The Labor premiers were trying to ruin ScoMo for the federal election. The next election to come up is a federal election, right? So they were holding steady and saying, we're not letting anyone in, even when you get 80%, I think, because they were trying to ruin the next federal election. But why is China, Dan? Has China got an easy? I don't know. But someone... Don't you reckon, like, he's the one that's been in lockdown the most out of our whole country, right? Mm. So yeah. do you think he's starting to go, shit? Maybe what I've been doing hasn't worked. Maybe we've uh, got to just roll with it. Maybe we've got to live with it. Maybe we've got to just. Get- I don't. I don't. I don't think. I listen. In his defense, I don't think that what he's been doing has been wrong. But what he's been doing has got so much COVID fatigue now. It's it's created this, because if he hadn't been doing these kind of things, remember what our the Jeff has been saying is is the ICU bed is what is driving all of their policies. But we, less- have, we have 600 beds. We are over 220, right? If they hadn't done what they have done, we probably be having people who are that would be dying from other operations because their bed's taken. I think the, per- the average person is going to look at it. And the general consensus that I've been getting from people is that, yeah, okay, they're, they're not particularly scared of, of the virus, really. They're just over lockdowns they're over you know the word COVID they're over the word lockdown they're over the word vaccination and they're starting to just get that COVID fatigue but it's almost they're almost like uh, I don't know not numb to it but they're almost to the point where it's just not hitting home anymore like people the average person is not worried about the ICU beds because to most people ICU doesn't mean a lot unless you've known someone that's been in that situation or unless you're in the health industry and you know what it means to work in that situation. Majority of the Australian community don't, like they don't, they don't get it. They haven't been there. They haven't seen anyone in it. They haven't worked in it. So they just go, oh, well. The problem is for Dan and the problem is for all of them is the boy who cried wolf. I think that the COVID fatigue, he come out when they, in the last lockdown, he said, we're only going to be in it for a week. And if we're in it for a week, it'll stop everything. Right. And now they're going on how long Melbourne are going on. I don't know. Not quite as long as us this time, but, and that's what you're talking about, Meg. Everyone's sick of hearing about it because the world hasn't ended yet. They keep telling us the world's going to end and it isn't. But to Thomas's point, now we're getting to a point where the ICU beds are filling up and things are 
on the brink of turning fairly nasty, but because they've been carrying on about it for 18 months unnecessarily, now that it's necessary, um, no one gives a shit. And I, I, I also think, think- I don't think they've carried on about it unnecessarily. Like, obviously, oh. they've got that, they've got the inside information. They could foresee what was going to come. So they've been trying to protect us from that. But the average person is not going to listen to that because- They're not going to listen when they say you'll be out in a- They're not going to say- they're not going to listen when they're told at the start you'll be in for a week and then we're still locked down four months later, right? That's that's why they're not going to listen because they don't believe a fucking No, 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 no. They said they, you've been for a week if everybody stays home. But then yeah. there's a lot of those people who said, well, everybody else is stay home. It's not me, one guy, breaking these rules that's going to make a difference. And- They've been in and out of lockdown so many times. They'd be getting frustrated as hell. And their story, they won't be listening to a... a, a a good story, like a good timeline. No one knows when it's going to actually finish because, yep, we're out at this day. Three, four weeks later, they're back in lockdown. Okay, <laughs> we're out, and now we're back in lockdown. They've had it more than anyone. So they'd be up to here. Like Thomas said, COVID fatigue, huge. It's and only mistrust. All right, so, let's, so let's, move, let's move on because we, we really st- uh, all about real estate work. So, so how does it affect our people? Well, I think I was just about to say, I don't think it's people getting sick of talking about well they're probably sick of being talking about covid which is why no one's listening to us right now but it's getting to a point now where a lot of people are starting to feel um the effects greater than uh, we're just in lockdown I was, I was hoping we'd get to chat earlier at our on the house session thomas because it was are you okay day last week but i've had a lot of conversations this week with members of the elderly generation um, just through appointments that I've been to, and they're not talking vaccinations or lockdowns. They are in tears with how lonely they are and how isolated they are. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, the whole... Look, to be honest, I think half the reason I was there for a few of them was just because I needed someone to talk to. Um, half of them don't want to move, but that's the only way they feel like they could get close to their family. I sat with a lady today who in the last three years has had breast cancer replacement and her husband die, and now she can't even get in the bus to drive from Ming- to go from Mingara to Bado Bay shops because of all the exposure sites that are, that are going on. And the reason that people don't want to talk vaccines anymore is because people just are more worried about themselves now and really starting to battle and yeah, telling us... A lot of these things we have predicted. Uh, listen, we know Freedom Day is the 18th. We're going to get out. In the and I'm, October. I'm hearing, I'm hearing already families dispute starting. Yeah. Families having uh, talk between vaccinated people and uh, anti-vaxxers, anti-vaxxers. You know, so it's you already have people arguing about meeting after the 18th of October. Part of the problem with the 18th of October is everyone's going. Yes, there's a ray of hope. It's still a month away. It's still another four weeks of not seeing your family, not seeing your friends. And um, I know in the first lockdown, we were very concerned about the elderly. I don't think it's been mentioned as much this time. And they are the ones they've copped it. They're getting it worse than anybody. They were already weren't, able, weren't working because of their stage at life. They already weren't as mobile as most of us. And now no, I, I would, I, I probably would disagree with you on that one. Uh, I think that the kids have uh, really copped it big time this time. I think the kids are—they are not built at this kind of young age to be at home with mum and dad. And mum and dad gets frustrated. Mum and dad tell them off. 
Yeah. When mom and dad's got a problem, well, they cop it. They can't go to school and tell their friends, or they can't go to school and bash another friend or play with the ball to vent their frustration. And and these kids are copying it, and many of them are copying in silence. You I know? think single child families, or you know, you really got to feel for them. I know, you know, I've got two kids full time in my house, and thank God they've got each other. Um, because, and, and, you know, they're, they're brilliant for 23 hours a day. And then if you add it up all the times, they weren't brilliant at probably an hour that they're blown with each other. But, you know, a seven-year-old single, single child in this sort of environment, mate, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But I think, and I think that's, that's why I think the elderly are, are probably copping it worse, mate, because most people have brothers or sisters, but the widows and the, the, Listen, man, I don't think so. I, I think that the elderly, uh, they've been doing it for, for quite a while. Uh, a lot of old people I have don't really see their family every week, right? So their life, to many of them, it hasn't changed. But that young kid, it has changed. The young kid who now gets uh, further back in his studies because he doesn't get the right uh, help and support, he goes backwards. There's uh, someone who works as a volunteer in the police force has told me that they actually having an increase in domestic violence. And the domestic violence they got is from children. It has nothing to do with partners. Yeah. It is children getting more and more angry. And, and I think that all of those politicians, and we always have fun because that's, that's why in wisdom, we always start with something silly. But really... What about all of these uh, collateral damage that we're creating or we are really um, provoking within our own families? You know, uh, these guys, they are not looking at a bigger picture. All they're looking at, all right, let's keep the number down. Uh, hold on, what about the rest? And this is why we said it last week. You know, we, we're talking about celebration life. I think that for the moment, with all the measures, we're celebrating not dying. I there's a lot, the longer it goes on though, a lot more people are just looking for ways to find the loopholes in it and find ways that they can get connection with other humans, whether it be the elderly, like I went for a walk with a friend, oh, it's probably four or six weeks ago now, but we were walking along this footpath along the lake and there was these two cars parked next to each other. They both had their side doors open. And it was these two elderly couple, couples. One was sitting in the front passenger seat and one was sitting in the back passenger seat. And they had their cheese and bickies and they had their whatever they were drinking. And like they were having a great time, but that's the way that they had found that they could still catch up, you know, be technically doing the right thing. And they're just sitting there looking out over the lake, having their happy hour or whatever it was. And I thought that's what people are doing at the moment. They're looking for ways to to go outside of the box and go, okay, if these are the rules that we've got, how do we play them? How do we make it that we can still catch up with our family and friends? Can the kids That's do that? No. No, they can't. They can't well, drive. Uh, worse than this, true story. A grandmother who believes in conspiracy theories, uh, and in conspiracy theories, I mean by that, what she knows about COVID and how we all stupid, the people who get vaccinated, because we've been brainwashed by the media. And she somehow is the, one of those rare people who managed to find uh, a way to get to the truth. 
has decided that instead of seeing her grandchildren, she would rather not be vaccinated. This, this to me, I'm, I, that is out of this world kind of thing. How you have only so many years left in your life and you are actually sending a message to your grandchildren. Me looking after me, me selfish, me looking after my own points is bigger than all of you put together. It's like that to me. I, I try to explain it to me like Denzel Washington says, as if I was a three-year-old because I can't get it. That's what, the people, that's what I was saying, mate. The longer this goes on, people are starting to look real internal about how it affects them because it, it is driving. And I don't think we should be trying to, I know we're not essentially, but I don't really want it to be a discussion on who's suffering worse, kids or old people, because everyone's suffering. Well, you started, mate. I, I, you started I can, bro. I, no, I just said I want to remember the elderly. All right. <laughs> no, no, I you know, started I by saying who was most. And I said, I, I disagree. I can tell you a story of a, of a friend of ours who was at the park with a husband and a kid, and an elderly gentleman approached her and said, Do you mind if I just stand here and talk to you for 15 minutes? Because I've got no one else. Like mm. that's. That, and that's not cheese and bickies and car doors open where he even had a friend. Right? That's, and I've just seen it, mate. It, I've, I've been, I've, I've had a day of it. I've had a week of it. And um, it's just something that reminded me, we need to check in with everyone. It's not just your mum and Absolutely, dad. Just, just be checking in because all they want is someone to talk to. And your kids. Can I ask, you guys, can I ask you guys a question about how are you feeling about, so we've been in lockdown now, what, since it was the middle of July, right? So it's about eight, eight weeks now, right? No, no way. No way. No way. Oh, no, mate. It, was, it was just a week after Empower. And oh, buddy. 26th of June. 20, 24th or 26th, okay. We're going okay. on 12 weeks, right. brother. 12 weeks. All right. How are you actually feeling about the connection to COVID, your safety and so forth, about mingling? So we're, most of us are, you know, out there showing homeowners, you know, uh, buyers and so forth. How are you guys feeling about your safety? Because I'm in Bankstown, right? And the stories that I'm hearing at the moment are pretty scary. I, I met a customer the other day. I sold a house to him. It settled yesterday. And his brother-in-law caught it and gave it to 16 family members. Hmm. Um, so for me, I'm like, man, for me, and there was, a sec, there was a second story I'd heard. So for me, it's a big wake-up call to say, to say, man, you really need to sort of start taking this a little bit more seriously. I think one of the, mate, I'd, personally, I haven't worried about my own safety, but one of the scary things is going to people's houses and them saying, oh, we don't have to wear a mask because we're double jabbed. It's like they're being told and or told to believe that because they're double jabbed, they can't catch it, they can't get sick, they can't die. And uh, we're walking in wearing a mask and, and, mate, it's been dozens, dozens of people. Oh, we've got our jab, so we're safe. Who's told them that? Because that's how they're feeling comfortable now. Yeah, but who's, to, well, Jesus Christ. That's the problem with the messaging, right? That's the problem with the messaging. But I haven't, look, I, that's maybe I'm, I don't know, I'm stupid, but I haven't worried about my own safety, but I don't know about you guys. So what, was the, lockdown, have, what was the question, Chris? Have so you, in this lockdown, have you, have you come across people that have caught it, known directly, people that have caught it indirectly, um, been affected. I mean, I know two of you guys are at the Central Coast, and Thomas um, um, is uh, in way the out of the, the Hills District, right? I got um, a couple of people who've been I'm like down in the because... Bronx, right? So <laughs> I'm surrounded by COVID, basically. You know, on four I'm... sides, three sides. I, I want to know. For me, I'm, I'm I'm very wary about going out and mingling and 
sort of touching base. And I'm now hearing more and more and more stories of, you know, complete um, uh, solicitor's offices being shut down because, you know, one have got it and they've spread it through the office. Um, building sites being shut down and people that we've dealt with for many, many years, me putting an ICU, um, struggling with, with COVID and so forth. So I'm, I'm really f hearing firsthand, like feeling it firsthand this time. Yeah. Um, are you guys feeling a little bit more insulated from the effects of this? Because maybe the severity is lessened through that insulation. I don't know. I put a I put a house on the market last week, mate. And Ten minutes after we went online, the owners got a message to say they had to isolate for fourteen days because their son had been a close contact, and a lot of the schools in the area where that was were shut down. And they had the cops and the army turn up to the house every single day, making yep. sure they were there. Like, so we're, we're not. We're not as we don't have the helicopters flying overhead like you guys do in Bankstown, which I saw yesterday, yeah. which I think is fucking horrific. Um, but yeah, I, I still don't know anyone who's at it. I still don't know anyone who's at it. So, so we we've got um, some people up the road. They had to isolate for two weeks. I think they come out today or tomorrow um, because she was coming close. out. Yeah. yeah. Fucking she, jail. She was a close contact um, because someone at her work that had was like COVID positive. Um, but yeah, they've had a horrible time, um, you know. Um, and then some other people that used to live across the road, they were coming for a walk past last week or the, or the week before. Um, and they had had to isolate for two weeks because their daughter was a close contact. So she'd been over to, so the parents had been working from home, but this one particular day, the mum had to go into work. So she got one of her friends to look after the daughter. So the daughter went over to the, to the house and spent the day there. And then a few days later, it came out that the household that she'd been in, that the mum in that household is a teacher at a school who'd had a child that was COVID positive. So they had to isolate, which meant that this, family that we know then had to isolate um, and the people that were the close contact of the child at the school the mum ended up getting it so she was a teacher at the school then the partner got it I think and then the daughter got it and then the 12 month old child got it so there was four of them in the household they all got it but every time someone in the household gets it the 14 days isolation resets so the mum got oh, it, wow. 14 days starts. So then the partner got it, it 14 days restart. So it kept going. So I think um, in the end, they had to isolate for about close to 30 days. Um, wow. Yeah. But you can't actually, so once you've had it, you, you will continue to have the COVID cells or whatever in your nostrils for up to six months. So you you, you never get a test afterwards to say like, oh, okay, you're negative now because it will remain in your like nostrils or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically once the symptoms, like you've got the 14 days and then once the symptoms stop, then you're meant to, then it's okay. Like three days after the symptoms stop, then it's meant to be back okay again. But um, the family that had to isolate because they'd been in contact, Luckily, they never got it, and they still are so confused about how they didn't because they just thought, well, you know, at some point we're going to test positive. Yeah, so right. that, was, that was a pretty hard time for them. Um, but I think for those particular people, like we're sitting here going, it's really hard to isolate. It's really hard to, you know, 
mm. um, work like COVID safe within our business and all of this. But these people that physically have to isolate in their household for 14 days minimum with their families and not leave, like not be able to go to the beach for a walk, not be able to go down the park and kick the ball, not be able to just do anything, like physically stay in your house, get your groceries delivered. And the people up the road, like their groceries came, but something was missing. Like they were cooking shepherd's pie. Their potatoes didn't turn up. So then they're messaging people in the street like, hey, can anyone just chuck like (laughs) five potatoes on my front doorstep? And it's like, holy shit, like, is this, is this really what, what it's come to? Like, you can't even cook your family the meal, like the meal that you want to cook them. It'd be hard. You just had to is have it just me? Are all the rules, all the rules a little bit confusing as well? Is, or oh, is no. it just me? It's clear as day, mate. No. Okay. I'm glad I don't respect back. your choice. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. No, but because- listen, listen, listen. Let's, let's not make this just about the COVID. I asked that question. How about our staff? How is it going? How about staff? It's hard. It's getting harder. I think at the start um, for us, a lot of our team like really tried to stay positive and, you know, it was not a novelty. I won't use that word, but it was sort of like, you know, something different. And we were, we were all learning together. Obviously we'd done it before. Um, but it was like, okay, yep, let's just go with this. And because the market kicked for us up here on the coast at the same time, the workload increased. So there was in the work, like in the work timeframe, there was no time for them to sit and dwell on it or whatever. It was just getting, get the work done. And, and then in their personal time, well, they could do what they pleased, but the longer it goes on, there's definitely more anger there. Like we've talked about before, there's definitely more frustration there. There's definitely people that are going, well, how can I find the loophole? How can I find a way out of this that, you know, I can still do it? Um, yeah, it's... Do you, do, you have, do you have people doing the wrong thing by their bosses, leaders? Do you have people doing the wrong thing? No, not on a work level. They're, everyone's working. I've got no question in our team. Everyone is put, putting the effort in. There's days when they're finding it hard, like... You know, they're sitting there going, how do I just get through the next hour or the next half a day or a next full day? Like where, like they've got to dig deep to find that motivation sometimes um, for them to keep going. So it's, I wouldn't, they're not, no one's intentionally doing the wrong thing. Because the first lockdown, a lot of people re-questions their career. A lot of people start to think, hold on, what am I doing? Uh, and and this time there w- there's less, you reckon? I think, well, for us, the first time, the market definitely slowed down. So they had a lot more time to maybe think about what they were doing or um, even just take the, the foot off the pedal because people, there was a real fear factor in that first lockdown from our perspective up here. But this time, it's just been busy with inquiry, busy with listings, like the amount of inquiry that we've got, there was one house that we had that's just sold and the listing agent said, you know, I've literally got 100 AAA buyers from this one listing, 100 AAA buyers that would that are ready to buy. We need stock for them. So if one particular house has generated that much inquiry and their phones, like, you know, 
um, we were on a training session the other day with property management. We had one of the sales managers in there doing a session on positive and negative gearing. And you could see him like, you know, every now and then he'd go like this on the screen and he was flicking up calls. And um, he did a bit of a Q&A session at the end. And, and then they said, oh, well, we're going to go on with our meeting. Like, if you want to continue on, you can. And he said, I've literally got about 25 calls that I've got to make just from this 30-minute session that I've had with you. So um, the amount of inquiry that they're getting is amazing. Um, but <laughs> even today, one of the girls said, I just wish, like, we could have just a little bit less inquiry. <laughs> and I said, would you have ever thought you would have ever said that? She said, no, not at all, not at all. But um, for every, and another thing that she said was for every one buyer that we get that buys this house and we get to ring them and tell them good news, we've got like five or eight or 10 that we've got to ring and say, they've missed out. They've been offering and they've missed out too. So the bad guys. with every positive, there's always the other side to it. I think we might be a bit fortunate to you with our business that, all the stuff that's happening for our guys is new. So when they sell a house, it's brand new and it's exciting. And it's when they get a listing, it's brand new and it's exciting. So they haven't got the real estate fatigue to go along with the COVID fatigue. No, I believe that success is a matter of design. Yeah. Some the, the jealous people say that we're successful uh, because I, I think that we just designed our success. No, I'm just saying for our team and how they're dealing with COVID. The, the, the... No, when we have, I mean, we have our team members who now have got a promise of a percentage into the business mm. and we grooming them that way because we, we thinking forward, we thinking of giving them businesses. We're not thinking of them working for us. This is why we have a team that is just out there just we haven't seen them they don't even need to talk to us but that's mainly because i think in our design our business design we're not greedy so that's all man that's not the first i reckon second third one fourth one which is going to happen because there's variant and all these things happening i think this second lockdown is not going to be the end there's going to be way way more we're going to have to learn to live with masks we're going to have to learn to live with all these things and I think we're going to have to learn with a lot of family quarrels and disputes because I was reading today that a mother who was an anti-vax mother and she was protesting vividly. Uh, she just lost he, her girl. She was four year old. Right. So and now try and live for the rest of your life with that. All of them had the virus because obviously when you go into those kind of protests, you're mingling around a lot of people who've got it. And, and now you've lost your four-year-old and they found out that it was from COVID. Now try and explain that to all your family and live with that for the rest of your life. I think there's going to be a, a lot more coming up, but you know, I, I was thinking maybe next week we should really talk a lot more about the uh, conspiracy theories. I, I love the conspiracy theories because it's, to me, it's the best sale job. And we in sales, we have to love that, you know. I know, for example, conspiracy theories will do things like they tell 10% truth or a little bit of truth and then they just attach a bit of lie. Conspiracy theories will use people who are famous, such as Nobel laureates and people who are big doctors and blah, blah, blah. 
and they attach them. Conspiracy theories will come up with names and all this kind of stuff. And then you, you spoke about it, I think, um, last week. They did a bit of research about it and the guy never existed. You know, things like this happen. So I, I think, how do we attach it to, to real estate? We have people who are going into houses, trying to find us because, and because we're hurting them, they, and they have to say things like, you know, well, they, they, they haven't got an, an office here. But hold on, our office is simple. Our office is realestate.com. And our second office is your home. You no should an office for the last you, five months, mate. You shouldn't want us to be in any other office than that. But they still would go out there and do those kind of conspiracy theory. And yet they have one rule now, that opposition of ours, who used to have Wisebury there, but we, we, we let them go. And these guys now actually have got one rule. Do whatever it takes to get it away from Cam and his team. So sometimes do it for free. And actually, we're not in it for the money. We need to drive it to a level where they're going to pay home sellers in order to sell their home. And we, we, just had, we just had a few auctions with them for a real estate banner. And it, 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 was, it was simple. We, we just kept driving up the auction, right? And, 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 we, and we could see it. We hit, we hit the ego. And this is what I think the conspiracy theories have got. If you ever want to be the conspiracy theories, the last thing you want to do is to fight them. Because when you fight them, you never get there. Because for them to agree with you, it means that everything they've done is wrong. So you don't fight them. Same thing with these guys. You know, you don't fight them. All you have to do is... Just keep on doing what you're doing because if you Just were not you. hurting them, they wouldn't be paying attention to what you're doing. And we, we need a, a lot of people. I think we need a, a kickback from realestate.com, mate, for that person who's paying $30,000 a month now for a few banners. <laughs> That's fucking good. <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned uh, talking to staff before and uh, how we don't have to do it. Sometimes I wish we didn't. I had an episode this morning and I text you guys to come up with some things and I was trying to, when we train or when we try to teach lessons, we use analogies a lot. We try and use metaphors, yeah? Yeah. Well, today I tried to use uh, the movie Top Gun on a 19-year-old. How do you reckon I went? It would have been like, huh? Never seen Top Gun. Never seen Top Gun! How can you have not seen Top Gun? There are so many good movies. When so you then, sent that through, there's so many good movies people wouldn't have seen. So then the next part of the conversation, I tried to use Demtel ads. Didn't know what a Demtel ad was. <laughs> How do you not fucking know what a Demtel ad was? <laughs> no, wait, wait, there's more. <laughs> wait, there's more. So we're in a position now, except for Megs because she's 14, where we're hiring... <laughs> We're hiring younger and younger and people and now well, we're getting older and older. So the generation gap is bigger. And I'm thinking, how many lessons from some great eighties and nineties movies are we never gonna be able to tell because they have no clue? I love that you thought I wasn't around for the eighties and nineties. Oh, do you, have you seen Top Gun? Days no, of Thunder? No. Pulp fiction. Oh my god, Jerry Maguire. You haven't seen Top Gun? No. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, the Wanderers. So, how did you go? Oh, Chris O's rattling his off. What are your best, Chris O? I love the Wanderers, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, I have seen, I have seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, I love the Star Wars trilogy, obviously. 
not. Uh, TV show, uh, Mikhail's Navy, um, I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched, um, Hogan's Heroes. How many are there? And ads, Dreamer. Um, Actually, Hogan's Heroes, my nan used to watch, so I was, I did have to watch that. Mash. And Mash. Be a mash. Yeah, Mash. <laughs> Mr. Ed, there was a show about a talking horse. Mr. You guys are so old. TL, oh, TL's older than all of us. How did you go, TL? Uh, I probably um, got movies that you they haven't watched, mate, like Amadeus, like The Mission. Medeus, the mission, good movies. Yeah, Patch Adams. Oh, Patch Adams, Patch come on. Patch Adams. Patch Adams, 1990s. Uh, something. Yeah, that's, I was good eight. Movie. I was eight. Good good movie. Uh, probably, uh, probably we'll say Tarzan with uh, Johnny Westmuller. What about the kids that are growing up? <laughs> he doesn't know, so he's changing straight away. <laughs> the kids that are growing up watching Star Wars prequels, they don't even know there was a whole, oh, my God. But it's something oh, we're going to have to watch a whole bunch of new movies. So to, to, uh, now, now you're starting to sound like uh, uh, Verdict's grandfather. Do you know how grandparents always criticize the grandchildren? Back in my days, we had. Yeah, no, it's not back in my day. I'm just thinking, how are we? What are we going to do? This We're going to have to get. This kid is about to watch Top Gun 2. Stop it. <laughs> Leave what him we... alone. It's coming out soon. Like Tom Cruise. Cruise is already dead. No, no, no. He's going to be seventy. <laughs> I'm going, mate. Have you seen the movie? He goes, Oh, yeah, I think a couple of years ago. I'm like, You haven't seen the movie. I'm like, so then I try to explain to him the movie. And it's just, whoosh, whoosh. but what I'm so thinking is, we're going to have to watch all the latest crap to tell analogies now or metaphors to teach lessons. How can but we there teach? There is no metaphors or analogies in those shit movies. There is none. Hey, that there is none. Mate, Maverick. Come in thinking he was shit hot, thought he was the best pilot, didn't have the discipline to be the best pilot, could fly a plane, but couldn't do all the little things right. There's a huge analogy in that, mate. Absolutely. Absolutely. But no good if you haven't seen the frigging movie. Shawshank Redemption, The Power of One. Oh, there's so many. Shawshank. Oh. I was, I was going to say The Last Samurai, but that's in the last 10 years. Uh, Yeah, but it's no good. That's nine. That's... That's 2000. It was back when the 80s and 90s, they didn't have the CGI, or if they did have the CGI, it was very average. So they had to actually tell a story with the acting. Now they tell a story with green screens and computers. And Let me tell you, a a movie is in the, uh, I think, in the 80s that I could not watch. It's called Grease. (laughs) (laughs) Children not allowed. Do you believe it? Yes, Megzi. Yes, Megzi. They couldn't do Grease now. They could not do Grease now. Imagine that'd be cancelled. It'd be politically incorrect. But sorry, oh. <laughs> to pass it down to our kids, like who here has watched Home Alone? Yes. Who has watched The Little Rascals? Yes. I got two pickles. I got two pickles. <laughs> I got two pickles. I got two. I fucking love The Little Rascals. Yeah. The He-Man so- Woman Haters Club. Who wouldn't love The He-Man Woman Haters Club? I knew you would love that one. Yes. <laughs> But it's about like Netflix has all of this. So with our kids, we've got to be passing this on to them because some of these millennials, they haven't had that passed on to them. They've just been able to watch like like YouTube or whatever they've 
yeah. whatever their parents have let them watch. But you've got to bring them into what you're watching as well. You've got to let them live some of that old school stuff. And like Jordan, I don't know how many times we watched Home Alone. There was a period there for about three months. I reckon we watched it seven <laughs> times a week. Like we watched it over and over and over. But we loved it and he loved it and it was great. And the part now when he treads it. on the nail, the part where he treads on the nail and then falls back down the stairs after he's had to claw it. Oh, mate, that's and the spider gets me like go. that spider, honestly. Bang in the face, the wet bandits. Guys, have, the little rascals is our common theme at the moment. So, I have a ah. I have where's a walk. The stig? Sorry, guys, where's the stig? Where's where's Jeff? You already got your rating, mate. Beat it. Well, no, we can't, well, you well, can't beat my rating, guys. I'm sorry. I love the Jeff. All Where's right, the Jeff? all right, all right, all right. Hang I'm on. gonna get him on. I'm gonna. I, I didn't. On, I didn't think. I didn't think that uh, we had a subject for him to talk about today. How about, how's he going to rate the NT Premier? We had. I have well, Saturday, Meg, with my eldest boy because he's he's into. He thinks he thinks he's into war, but you would you wouldn't know a real war movie until you went old school. Yeah. Favorite movie, sir. Uh, Cam, favorite old time movie. Very well, very well yourself. Hi, Jeff. See, there was a time time when I had to introduce you. Now they're dying to hear from you, the stick. Because Chris is his number one fan now. I'm looking looking forward to hearing how the Hills District's 99.6% vaccinated. Jeff, can you please? uh, just in lightness, you're not going to the Northern Territory until you're 100%. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by your positivity, Cam, and I'm not <laughs> going to talk about statistics. <laughs> I just don't want to dwell on any sort of negativity. And I, I think you're, you're in a really good mood and, you know, you're, you're just pumping. <laughs> So you probably, you probably heard about all the stuff that we spoke about. So what, what do you reckon about uh, Michael Gunner and his decision to make sure that no one who's not vaccinated, such as Cam, can't go into uh, the Northern Territories? Well, I, I went up to um, Alice Springs. Um, of course you did. Yeah. Yeah. In January this year. Oh, okay. Yes. So um, just after, a, a, a lot of flies, a lot of flies then. Very hot, very mm. hot, and I've now Thank figured you. that I won't be going back to Northern Territory anymore. <laughs> so you reckon it was uh, all berries? Can you catch COVID from a fly? Sorry, what was that? Then can you catch COVID from a fly yet? Can I catch COVID on a fly? Not from a fly. From, from a fly. From a fly. We've lost him. No, good no, good no. question, Meg. Good well done. Hard hitting journalism. No, the, the answer is no. Not yet. You can't catch it from a fly. No. But, All right, thank um, God we're not asking you to rate uh, Meg this week, okay? So mm-hmm. leave her alone. <laughs> I noticed that one thing about her, and you know, Cam brought it up before. She does like a a glass that's more than half full. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear it. I don't have to drive home. I'm good. Yeah. 
what's even funnier? It's almost all gone. <laughs> that's the second. That's the second. All right. So Jeff, can you tell me, can you tell us something about COVID we don't know this week? Something's happened this week. Well, all, well I think you know that all three vaccines are now available. The new Moderna. Moderna, you'll be able yeah. To pick that, you'll be able to pick that up at the pharmacies. You pick which that Which is really good. So you do it yourself? Yeah, you just oh, no, you go to the pharmacy. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot more distribution capability. I think um, now we finally got adequate Pfizer. Yeah. So I think that everyone um, should be able to have a choice now, which is very, very good. Mm. Is the Central Coast still a, a danger to the public? Um, Central Coast was, you know, they identified at the beginning of the week that it was um, becoming a, um, an area of concern. Oh, yeah. You know, so... Um, and I think it's due to a couple of things. It's Go due on. to that there's there's sewage detection, yeah. and it's also due to the low um, immunisation rate. Right. But you know, um, it's a. I think even the local member for Terrigal was actually talking about it as well. So you know, it's a it's an area of concern. Okay. So you think that Carry On very soon is going to be a place where no one can move? <laughs> We've already got it, mate. We've got it in the water. We've got it in the water. We've got it in the preschools. We've got the army turning up every day. Um, Welcome to Bankstown. Hey, hey. No. it's the Bankstown of the Central Coast, they call it. <laughs> I, I thought you referred to it as the most beautiful part of the coast. Oh, my phone going off. Hang on. It's definitely not God's country. Definitely not. Well, listen, no, it is still no, the gate no. to uh, the Central Coast. You know, there's, but you know, the other good news, and you know, you discussed it before, was um, Dan Andrews. It seems positive. He's done a backflip. I don't know why. It's interesting, but yeah. Why do you reckon why, Jeff? I want to know why. It's not because he's a good bloke. He's a prick of a human, but no, why? It's because the silk. Can, mate, he's he, he's lost all his shares in the silk road. <laughs> Which is subtly different too, and and this is a a bit of a fear factor. Um, they've got very high um, immunisation rates now. Yeah. And um, they've got 70% first dose. Gladys in New South Wales have got 80% first dose. Yeah. Remember three months ago when we went into lockdown, we probably only had about 45% first dose. Yeah. You know, so I think they're in a different boat. And whether, you know, I think also, um, well, three months ago we had, you know, bad messaging about the AstraZeneca. I, I think now Dan Andrews has got lots of Pfizer going down there. I think he's a happy chap. Mm. I, 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 think, I don't think it's a boat thing, mate. I think he thought he was in a sinking ship, and if he didn't start paddling pretty hard or bailing the water out, he was gone. I think that's what's happened. Well, he's got an election next year. Game uh, on. So uh, he, he is the important moment, the Jeff. How do you score him? Dan Andrews? Yes, our premier. Well, Chairman. Him. Drum roll, please. You know, but, um, you know, um, they're in COVID lockdown problems. And this is now seventh or eighth. Um, we had Ballarat open and close. Yeah, they've got big problems. But, you know, um, give, him, give him a... Five and a half. Oh, fuck. 
He's better. He's better than Scott, but not as good as Gladys. Don't you reckon Dan Andrews and Cam? You've, have uh, you've put Cam and Dan. What do you mean, Jeff? Doppelganger, don't you reckon? They look a little bit alike. <laughs> Didn't you give ScoMo three and a half? What are you doing? Let me get you drug tested, mate. What's the vaccine done to you? Hang on, hang on. What the? F- what are you doing? The question. Opportunity to change. You know what I like about you, Jeff? Nothing. Hey, hang on, hang on. Don't. Hey, Jeff. Don't you reckon? I was about to say. I was about to say. You know, he was. He's been mellowed all day. He's been smart. He's been articulate. But then he just said that he knows he doesn't like anything about me. So let's keep it at three and a half. Who? You. He hasn't given me a score. That puts me on the board. I'm on the board. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so does it mean? I love you, you Jeff. I love does you. It mean that you're giving Donald Trump three and a half as well. <laughs> I just called because to because say I love you. Come Thank on, Jeff. What about that, Michael Gunner? So, where, where are you going to score Michael Gunner? Um, He's going to give him a ten. That was the first time I actually had anything to do with him. He actually can speak um, um, fluent Aboriginal, which is interesting. Um, Did you know that, Cam? You didn't know that. How do you say I don't respect your choices in Aboriginal? (laughs) I fear I was thinking you were highly educated. You've just proved my point. No, I said he can speak Aboriginal, not me. Score him. Stop stalling. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. So so did I get right that you're now actually giving a score to Cam of three and a half? Come on, bro. carried on last week about not being on the board, that he didn't know it was out of ten. Yeah. And I, I sort of felt sorry for him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so what part of three nice, the story nice. score? Feeling sorry, score. <laughs> no, it's probably, it's that was a three. They're called pity points. <laughs> getting sore shoulders from carrying you, Jeff. I know that. I'm getting sore shoulders. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this week, mate. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. And um, bye bye. All right. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing shakes the Jeff. Mate. He is said uh, he, he's temperate no matter what. He's not like us. We stupid, but he's just temperate. He's just give Chairman Dan five and a half. Yeah. He's literally the worst. Well, well, more than us, mate. He's the real brown meter, and he's given you three and a half. He's no, telling me that you half of chairman. You have no, but if anyone if anyone in the Hills District finds out that he's voted a Labor person higher than a Liberal person, the Jeff's dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're going to go around to his house and throw caviar at him. Just a spare rotten caviar that's, you know, they've got left over. Yeah. And I right. hit him over the head with a French baguette. Before we go, we're going to have to decide. The 18th is coming. So the 18th, we're going to be doing the uh, podcast from uh, my place. 
market appraisal, mate? Uh, unfortunately, the 18 is only going to be to those who are fully vaccinated. So uh, I just want to ask, uh, how, how do we do it for the people who are not going to be vaccinated? And uh, how do we do it in such a way that they, they don't feel like they're left out, you know? Market appraisal, mate. Non-temp territory. <laughs> Have you had a shot, Megs? Yeah. First or second? You've had two. Market appraisal. I can hear my wife yelling from the other room that she'll be fully vaccinated by then. So maybe you'll yes! <laughs> maybe you'll have a ring in. We're going to get an Airbnb. We're get going. back in the kitchen, woman. Going to take the I best you didn't want there. The best <laughs> coming with us. It looks like the twenty-first is probably the day we're going to do it. All right. Um, Say that. Is that a Thursday? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So twenty-first. We might need a few days after that. So <laughs> yeah, we had the weekend. <laughs> uh, right. Guys, I don't know. I, I had two shots this, uh, my second shot this week. Um, you haven't had any wine, I've noticed. Yeah, I've had plenty. He's and, got it like in his this way. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, and, and there's nothing, really nothing. Nothing to the vaccine. I just want to let you know. Uh, nothing. Yeah. Nothing Do you mind if I ask how Veronique's going, mate? There's yeah, nothing. Veronique's going fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to? Do you want to not be the news, mate, and just spin bullshit, or do you want to yeah. tell people how the second oh, shot? Oh, Veronique's feeling things that she's never felt before, and I think that uh, it is. I think you only live once, and to experience these kind of things, that you, you know. hello. <laughs> That's the uh, honourable member for the One Nation party. <laughs> <laughs> You're a shocker, man. Stop, you... stop looking for problems, Cam. Just... I'm not looking for problems. I'm just looking for the truth. Don't I'm just looking for the truth. That's be all. happy because every little thing is going to be all right. I saw a really ethical bloke put on Instagram earlier that it's just the strength of my character that's making you jealous. And I thought, you know what? You're right, buddy. It's the strength of your character. <laughs> All I'm looking for is truth. Don't, truth. Worry, about, don't worry about Instagram. Who said, who said that? Who said that? I couldn't tell you, mate. I could tell you, but then I'd be throwing stones. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about Instagram. It's not real. <laughs> Comparison is a thief of joy. I just wish my character was as strong <laughs> and my commission was as high. Welcome today. Uh, talk to you guys. See ya. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. See, See you guys. Bye. Thank you, Jess. Bye.